1: Welcome into At The Podium. It's another NFL annual meeting edition brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at N F L that's K-I-S-T. So as I already alluded to, this is a continuation of the last At The Podium. The first edition was released last week and it featured Howie Roseman and then part one of Doug Peterson's sit down with the media. Today we have Jeffrey Lurie talking on a range of topics, including the rule changes and proposals. Also, he digs into some Carson Wentz question and answers. Then, as promised, it's part two of Doug Peterson's chat with reporters, more on Wentz from him, among other topics. I'll take a brief moment to congratulate and thank all of you for helping Bleeding Green Nation reach new heights over the weekend. On Saturday, we hit 24th in Apple Podcast Sports, and Rec Podcast rankings, which is a huge accomplishment. All of those five-star ratings and reviews really helped us get there. We cannot thank you enough. All right, let's not stand on ceremony. Let's go to the podium.
2: Yeah, just start with a few things and open it up to questions. Um, n- number one, uh, just because we just were able to accomplish something I've hoped we could accomplish uh, for years, which is to expand the replay system, um... It's always hard to get 24 votes, but I think we, uh, we really, really worked at it. And um, uh, for me personally, what it really relates to is the integrity of the game. Um, the, the, the largest plays in the game that are difference makers typically are defensive pass interference and offensive pass interference. There's others as well, but those two are incredibly important. And we've never been able to challenge those. Uh, we've never been able to have um, a system where in the final minutes of a game or a half, they're automatically uh, potentially changed or uh, studied. Um, it's uh, the, the chances of having a, a game-changing uh, mistake are minimized if you can at least, you know, challenge it or um, have New York ending, ending up challenging it. So it's, uh, I, I think it's just, you know... It's, it's something important, and uh, for me, we deal in a sport that we love. Our fans and all of us are incredibly passionate. We invest so much blood, sweat, and tears, and to have a key game, whether it's a playoff game or just any game during the regular season, come down to a, a human mistake. The referees are doing the best they can. They're not going to be perfect. We're, none of us are. How should they be? Uh, you need a backup system. The technology's there. And uh, you know, it's about time. And um, just pleased to to play a part in having a, uh, an important change to our system. There, it really does come down to integrity for me. And um, you know, everything we do, um, whether it's running an NFL team, or the rules we create, or our vision for how a team should be in the community uh, or in the country, um, all boils down to integrity. And uh, anyway, um, number one, really happy that that evolved. Um, Number two is uh, I'm pleased to see some things with the NFL in terms of we've made a lot of rule changes the last few years to improve health and safety. And we're starting to see finally some of the real uh, advantages in some of those rules and equipment and data analysis to create better sneaker, better uh, cleats and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, to have a significant drop in concussions was a 29% uh, drop in con- concussions since last year, uh, 45% fewer games missed by quarterbacks. Those are big deals. That's really important. It's something that it's one year, uh, and we've got to really stay at it. We've got to enforce those rules. You know, sometimes people are critical of how we enforce the rules. We need to enforce those rules to maintain that level of safety and even get safer. And our our athletes deserve it. Our kids deserve it in terms of uh, uh, Pop Warner and high school and junior high and everything. Uh, We've got to stay on that and uh, um, integrity and safety. Two huge priorities of of mine and I'm I'm really happy we're heading in that direction. to me, the biggest news in the NFL the past year is we have quite a few exciting young quarterbacks. That is the biggest change in the NFL. Um, we're lucky to have one of them. Um, and it's it's really, uh, we always said that the, the, scarcest, the scarcest position and the most important position is quarterback. And we're starting to see the evolution of terrific college quarterbacks having great success in the pros at an early age. Bodes well. I think that's why TV ratings are way up, and um, it's crucial. You know, we're also seeing another interesting trend, which is that quarterbacks um, who are terrific quarterbacks can play into their 40s. Uh, And that, that bodes well for all these young guys that are coming into the league and starring at age 23, 24, 25. Uh, MVP-level seasons, Carson last the year before and Mahomes this year, and uh, unbelievable. Um, there's a chance that these guy, kind of guys can uh, you know, play until their 40s. So it's amazing to watch Drew and Tom still playing at the level they do. It's incredible. Um, just a few more things, and you know, you'll have plenty of time for questions. Um, I, I think one of the other things, maybe all of us are used to it in terms of the Eagles culture, in Philadelphia, we've always kind of had an approach where the players are our partners, and we do so many things together from community work, social justice initiatives. This past year, but we have a philosophy that the culture we want to develop, and we have, is um, a very close relationship with our players. I'm seeing it across the NFL now, and it's really, it's 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 really great to see it. I talk to other owners that are. Um, having a very, uh, comparable, uh, such culture and situation with their teams and working together. We're, we're in such a polarized society today, you know, uh, incredibly polarized society that if you can have a football team and its players as a partnership, you can really make a difference. And it's, a, it's a great example, I think in society, uh, that you can work together on things and you don't need to have a polarized position and, um, uh, we can do so many great things together if we work together, and that's, that's another thing. Um, I mentioned TV popularity. It, it's actually pretty remarkable. Uh, Nineteen of the top 20 shows on television are NFL games. Um, not surprising to all of us because we love the sport, but it's, um, it's pretty remarkable. And, uh, and again, I do credit it to um, the, the quarterback play and the competitiveness of the games And a lot of the rules that have created dynamic offenses. And uh, I I think it's what fans want. And we have a lot of offensive um, playmakers and coaches that are really bright. We're lucky to have a head coach like that and Doug. And um, anyway, that's. Uh, NFL wise, Eagles wise, you know I'm I'm just very excited for 2019. We've we've only finished the past season a few weeks ago, but uh, uh, very excited for every aspect of, of 2019. Uh, just really impressed um, by Doug and his coaching staff uh, to follow winning the Super Bowl with some ups and downs of the past season and and remaining so poised, even keeled, focused. Um, uh, dynamic and uh, just as impressive as the year we won the Super Bowl last year. So um, very pleased with that. Howie, Howie has um, is dynamic, creative, smart. I think we all know that. And uh, he's surrounded himself with a terrific front office staff. And you know, I'm lucky to have all these really terrific people uh, on our football operation side. Um, our players. Incredible resilience, uh, excellent locker room, uh, impressive people in the community, and um, uh, a terrific young quarterback and uh, leader in Carson. Just uh, everything you'd ever want. Uh, So, you know, I think our future is very bright. Um, We certainly have a philosophy of, in the present, trying to win another championship, And at the same time, not sacrificing the future in in any significant way. Um, So it can be done. And uh, I think that's what we've been doing the last few years. And it's going to continue that way where we're going to be aggressive for the present. We think we can compete at the very highest level, 2019, and at the same time plan for 2020, 2021, and uh, be as good a football team as we can be. So... That's, yeah, that's kind of it. You didn't uh, even give me a chance to, uh, say, ask any beat, questions you want. I wanted to beat less. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you did. Howard. Okay, one rule that you submitted was approved. Yes. Okay. The one that you withdrew with Dallas playing every Thursday night on Thanksgiving. I kind of have an idea why you don't like that. Will you tell me why you
0: withdrew that so they get to play at home every Thursday night yeah. on Thanksgiving?
2: Okay. So, you know, over the years, we've analyzed this and, um, our, our, our opinion is that, uh, teams, every team, nobody wants to play away on Thursday night on a short week. Um, and we always feel it should be a balanced, uh, schedule in terms of, uh, teams that have to play on a short week, uh, away. That's all. It has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a great tradition in Detroit, Dallas, whatever, but, uh, uh, just on a competitive basis, um, as soon as you look at the schedule, you want to know: Are you away on a short week on a Thursday? And uh, you know, we've we've been resilient. We beat Carolina the year before. Uh, you know, a big game, two good teams, but that that was what we were trying to accomplish. So and why do you it? Uh, there wasn't enough support at this point. But you know, you got to start the conversation somewhere. And uh, on behalf of our fans, uh, we start that conversation.
3: That's replay <laughs> The you know, with the pass interference, you think that this uh kind of paves the way for maybe expanding
0: it
2: down the road? With, uh, I do, and I listen, we've we proposed and uh we'd like to see happen, and we've wanted this for for quite a long time is not just um pass interference, offensive and defense, but um roughing the passer and hits to a uh um. Vulnerable receiver. Uh, Those, those are the vulnerable player at whatever place on the field. Um, Those are the two more for player safety than anything else. Um, We thought, kind of hoping we could get that approved this year. Um, But you know, um, as somebody said to me, uh, I know you didn't get that, but uh, you got to walk before you can run, and uh, we'll be at it, pushing that for uh, for next season.
1: uh, The future of the franchise, obviously, a big part of that is going to be Carson's contract. Whenever it comes, yeah. Uh, because of the magnitude of that deal, or, do you want to be more involved in the creation of it and, and seeing it through?
2: By more involved, what do you mean? Like
1: as opposed to uh, any other contract that goes. Through? You know,
2: listen, they're they're all complicated contracts. Uh, we we've planned for this for uh, a few years, and all of our planning is in place to uh, be able to. Um, the, the blueprint is always, can you find a franchise quarterback? Uh, <clears throat> is he going to be the personality and the leader and the, uh, uh, talent that you want? We're very, very lucky to, you know, have somebody like Carson and we planned for this and, uh, and that's exactly where we are going forward.
1: Based on his injury history of the last couple of years, would you feel comfortable if, if that happened this off season?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, he played his whole rookie year durable and, uh, Absolutely. He's, he's um, when you draw it up, I, I think it's exactly what you want. Highly competitive, very type A personality, um, demanding, uh, very smart, obsessed with winning uh, and winning big, um, respected by everybody. Um, just, you know, you can't really draw it up much better, and uh, um, I, we're lucky to have him.
1: Where do you come down on the the benefits of having a quarterback on his rookie deal um, versus, you know, getting him locked in so you don't have to pay more later? Right. I
2: think you always have the benefit when you draft a young player at any position, but particularly quarterback in the first three or four or five years, there's no question about it. But I think most organizations plan uh, for the moment when you're going to be spending um, top dollar for a franchise quarterback. So it's, it's part of the blueprint. Uh, you don't want to not get Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and you hope uh, you know your own quarterback. So uh, it's what you hope happens, and then you've got to plan very carefully. Um, how are you going to build your roster when you have to pay your quarterback a certain amount of money? And so you know that's that that's gone into it for the last few years, and uh, as we project forward, it's 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 all there, um, and. That's, you know, you just got to gotta know where do you want to be in 2019? Where do you want to be in 2020? Very detailed. Construct your roster, your, your resource allocations, and um, uh, your age demographics and, and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, that's what we do.
1: In a previous year, I think it have been here a couple years ago, you had said that you wanted to get back to the old uh, 83 days where you would draft a quarterback. Uh, either every year or every other year, somewhere around there. Yeah. And there's no need to, obviously, the last few years with uh, Nick and Carson. And yes. Whatever. Uh, do you kind of want to get back to that now? That um, I do. I do.
2: I think, you know, you do it opportunistically. I absolutely do. I think uh, um, I would expect us to, you know, if not every year, every other year, uh, try to find a quarterback that uh, uh, can be part. The, we're very conscious of the culture. And that quarterback room, we've had an incredible quarterback room with Carson, Nick, and Nate. Just incredible. It's, it's I think, one of the reasons they're all so uh, poised for success. Um, that quarterback that we bring in, let's say it's this year's draft or next year's draft, um, needs to be a, a great fit in that room. So you're not just drafting a player that can be a good backup quarterback, but somebody that can help um, the culture with the quarterback who is starting, so you you want a really a sort of a, a relationship that's uh, very healthy and help each other, and uh, that that's that's a key part of it too.
1: You've spoken to us about short term, mid-term, long term plans yep. um, because of the dearth of draft picks in in, in, in recent years. You yep. really don't have the amount of young talent that maybe you had. Past years, what do you expect to do to rectify that, and how yep. critical is that for your long-term success? It, it's
2: a great question. Uh, absolutely critical. Um, we, we, you know, basically planned it exactly how it's gone in the sense of um, we didn't have an, as many draft picks. Uh, we've had some good young players, really good young players, but volume of draft picks. We believe in volume. Uh, we're not. Uh, uh, cocky enough to feel that you're going to draft way better than anybody else. And it's very important to create volume. Um, this draft, we're going to have good volume, especially in the top of the draft, two twos and two fours to go with our one. And uh, next year, we're going to have quite a few draft choices. It's very important. So when you look ahead, over the next uh, 13 months, we're going to be adding about 20 draft choices. Um, you're going to have uh, some undrafted players make the team. And so you can imagine there's probably going to be about 20 to 25 players that are going to be 22 years old, 23 years old on our roster. Uh, and we plan for that. That's, uh, and to Howie's credit in the front office, what they've done is uh, I, th- I think they always balance this and they, they uh, sort of analyze. Should you, draft, should you uh, sign a player who is a potentially good starting player at age, say, 31 or 30 – versus a low-level starting player who's a lot younger. So when I talk to Howie, it's always about what is the next two years going to be in that comparison? You know, yeah, you get the 25 or 26-year-old in his second contract, but he's a low-level starter. You know, his team didn't want him. And, uh, you know, maybe he can be a a low-level starter for us at best. Or you can get a guy who can make an impact, several guys that can make an impact, and, we're banking on them for one to two years. And so that's resource allocation. It's with the idea of what we're going to be allocating for quarterback and for every other position and um, and the notion that we're going to have about 20-odd players um, you know, coming onto our roster in the next 13 months. An interesting stat in the league, and we'll be consistent with that, is that I think 65% of the players in the league – are in their first to third years. So when you think about that, and where will we be in about 13 months, I bet we're pretty close to that.
1: With the importance of the, of the draft and yeah. in the next two years, Joe Douglas's, uh, you know, influence on the draft is, is, is obviously mm-hmm. key to you guys having you know, success there. Two years ago at this time, I think, uh, at the interview, you said that the addition of Joe was one of the best offensive yep. moves you had made. What's your assessment of how he's done so far and, yep. and what do you anticipate him doing in the draft?
2: Yeah, I think Joe is, you know, um, Joe's terrific. Um, the team that Joe and Howie have built, uh, have been terrific. It's really not one person. Uh, you know, I think the longer you're in this, it's, it's a lot of voices and a lot of trying to figure out you've got a lot of close call choices and um uh, joe does a terrific job and i think you know we've uh been fortunate enough to attract a lot of really good people uh in the whole scouting and the analytics area um it's it's what i've always wanted and uh, i think we have a great team we brought in andrew barry recently uh terrific uh you know young executive and uh, um Andy Weidel. we 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 we've got a slew and uh uh we also at some point are going to lose executives. When you're winning, you're going to lose uh executives and I think we're in a great position to be able to to deal with that, but um you know, you, we don't want to put a cap on how many good executives we have in football operations. That would be a competitive mistake. So we are always looking for who we think um some of the best young talent is in the, in the, in the country in terms of uh, bringing them to us. And uh, it's not like this person's in this position and that's that. We are constantly wanting to add to it, just as we would with the roster.
1: A couple a couple of the other uh, people sort of in in that mix who we don't see a lot of uh, Tom Donahoe and Alec Hallaby can you just kind of explain sure. what their uh, roles have been and kind of where they have brought uh, value to the operation
2: absolutely uh, Tom you know it's been a senior advisor for for years for us um, he he's like a, a really uh I would say just a just a, a guy who you can bounce anything off of howie Joe everybody uses Tom to Bounce ideas off of, um, he's got a, a, you know, decades of knowledge and he's just, uh, I wouldn't want to call him a wise old man because he'd get angry at me, but I just did. But, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's a, he's a, a, you know, great guy and, uh, just someone who's a senior advisor. And Alec is just a very sharp guy who, uh, um, uh, combines, you know, in a very good way his, uh, his analytics and his, uh, experience in, um, uh, strategy, (coughs) roster building and all that. So, uh, Two, two valuable pieces of the organization. Speaking
0: of analytics, you guys have always kind of been on the forefront of the league. Yes. And, um, now that more teams are doing it, do you feel like you have a leg up on them in that
2: regard? You know, I don't know about a leg up, but we are um, pretty obsessed with it. And uh, we're always looking to figure out how we can be much better at it. We don't know and we don't really... It, it doesn't matter. We have to. We have to be the best we can be. And it's not just... About mining lots of data. We will collect a lot of data. It's what you do with it. And uh, I I think that's the key, you know, without revealing any details of what we do, I think uh, it'll always be, you know, a priority.
0: On the replay replay thing, yes. um, You hear from a couple people leaving that room that that Jason Garrett spoke to the room uh, and had a pretty influential talk with the folks in there, but also your name came up. Did did you address the room and what was the gist of what you said and why do you think maybe it got across the way it did?
2: Right. Um, No, the gist of what I said was I I just think that um, integrity is the most important thing we're dealing in the National Football League. It has to be, uh, along with safety, health and safety, the two most important things uh, that we deal with and have to prioritize. And to me, I I directly link... um, utilization of technology and backing up humans human error at times uh, with creating outcomes that at least are uh, your best attempt at getting it right and I always feel the NFL should be branded as an arbiter of truth you know people rely on us for um, for accuracy it's never going to be a hundred percent it's impossible we're human but we have the capability so my my talk with the uh, with the owners and uh, the general managers and all the coaches, executives there, were, was much more philosophical about integrity and making sure that we uh, didn't leave today until we solved the issues of uh, expanding replay in, in the way we did.
1: When you guys walked in that, this Michael, morning, yeah. what was your feeling on the likelihood of getting something passed?
2: Um, you know, I, I, I was worried about it. Um, I said to somebody, uh, I, I don't care if we have to stay till midnight, I want to get this done, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we owe it. Uh, if when, when you ask, you know, we're, we're an entertainment company, we're a football company, we're a football league, you're asking people to devote their heart and soul, you're asking your players, your coaches, and your fans uh, to devote, and, and ourselves, our heart and soul to it. It's not just your manufacturing shoes. And if you're asking people to deliver their emotions to the product that you're presenting, then you owe it to everybody that you're presenting it to, to be as accurate as humanly possible. And that's, um, that's, it just has to be that way. And I hope we can continue to do that. You know, just as a little backdrop, I, I never really talked about this before, but, uh, I've supported uh, every proposal to expand replay for the last decade. Um, uh, Bill Belichick had a proposal to uh, expand it to uh, multiple play, any play, and not to create more challenges, limit it to the three challenges, you know, if you're right with two and you get a third, but uh, why not try to basically uh, correct anything? And I've always voted for that, but... You know, this was a start, and I think a really, really good start.
3: The part of the rule that you guys were responsible for. Can you explain that and how, why you brought it up? Uh,
2: Which rule are you talking about, Les? So on, on the
3: replay expansion of replay, and uh,
2: there wasn't the, a, there wasn't there was
3: a subset that had to do with uh, penalties called on touchdown or scoring plays. Yeah,
2: that was that was just an add-on. With our our main thrust was uh, expanding replay getting offensive and defensive pass interference and player safety violations uh, on it. Um, One added wrinkle we put in was, and it got incorporated into this rule change, was that if you score and it's nullified, uh, similar to Dallas Goddard's touchdown in Dallas, by offensive pass interference, that that's challengeable. And uh, I'm pretty confident that if we challenge that it would have been reversed.
1: As you know, Ben has a, a yeah. unique spot in, in kind of Eagles history. Yes. How, was, how challenging was it to, to see him leave and, and, and your personal perspective yeah. on, on his spot in this franchise?
2: Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, so uh, Nick, as you all know, um, exceptional person. There's no understating it. Exceptional person. And uh, it was hard. We went through every alternative we could think of uh, as an organization um, on on how to proceed here. Um, Really, in the end, I I think Nick really did want to have a team to to take control of and be the guy. He had just come off winning a Super Bowl, almost taking us back to the Super Bowl. And... um, uh, We know him so well. We're so close to him. Uh, I I think we just felt like this is what he wanted. And um, it it wouldn't have made sense to franchise Nick. Uh, It just wouldn't have been the right thing to do. Uh, And, you know, he's going to be he's a legend in Philadelphia. He will always be. Um, He's he's a part of our family forever. And we're all really close to him. And Uh, he and Carson, to accept they're different and so terrific, both of them. And they both, I think, benefited from each other in so many ways. And um, uh, it was just a a great example of a, you know, of a player we all loved and uh, doing the right thing and, um, and supporting him with other teams. I mean, I would get asked, you know, what, what's Nick like? Can he, can he be dynamic for anyone but you and all that? And, uh, you know, I just think it's part of our role, my role. I take it personally, to absolutely be honest and uh, um, let people know how wonderful he is and what a great leader he is and uh, you, terrific quarterback.
1: Did you influence the decision to, when Howie, said that we're not going to franchise him. You
2: know, it was the it timing
1: was, of that. Did you have any influence on that that decision?
2: Uh, it was, you know, I would say uh, certainly Howie and I had long discussions about it, and we thought. Um, The sooner we do it, the better, because we wanted to give Nick every opportunity to um, be in the best possible situation and not have a team, not, you know, worry that we were going to potentially keep him and not have the opportunity to start because there aren't that many opportunities. Uh, We were also, to be honest about it, hoping that uh, he didn't end up with the Giants or the Redskins, and that was uh, part of it. We were very confident that... uh, uh, he was going to play for Jacksonville. You mentioned
0: mentioned Doug and the job he did this past season. Yeah. Could you expand on that? And then also talk about the growth you've seen from him since he became the coach.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, uh, he continues to impress and continues to grow. Uh, just, just tremendous respect from his fellow coaches and the players that, you know, as an owner, that's what you look for first. Um, I, you know, I'd heard that uh, one of the research, uh, you know, I certainly did and how he did with Doug on Doug was with Andy. And uh, they had a, a period where they lost six or seven games in Kansas City one year. And he said the most resilient guy on the coaching staff by far, Doug Peterson, um, never forgot that. And I thought of it last year when we were struggling a bit, um, incredibly poised and optimistic and uh, dealing with. Um, you know, uh, ways to straighten out the team and get everybody – and, and always brings people together. He has a dynamic to always bring people together. Nobody's pointing fingers. No one's blaming, you know, a sluggish offense or a special teams is not doing as well or a defense. Um, nothing like that. Doesn't let it happen. And uh, uh, just, you know, what can I say? Very, very impressive and uh, – um, Terrific guy to work with, and uh, I think surrounds himself with really good people. And players around the league uh, have a real good idea of, you know, what Doug's all about. Genuine, genuine, and uh, in today's world, um, I don't care what business you're in. Uh, when you're genuine, when you're human, when you're honest, and uh, you have integrity, gets back to that word integrity. It's powerful. It's it's very powerful.
1: On the uh, Thanksgiving proposal again, yeah, um, you mentioned that you, re- you withdrew it because it didn't have enough support. Yeah. what was some of the feedback from teams? I guess aside from Dallas and Detroit, on you know why they why they weren't for that.
2: You know what? All, all we heard from was the competition committee said there wasn't uh, there wasn't enough support. So we just uh, it, it was meant really to start to analyze the impact of away Thursday short week games. And should that be spread evenly? It was. It was just a. It was a, a manner of doing that. It wasn't focused on the teams that were involved. It was. Uh, it's. It's. We do a lot of data analysis of, of um, schedules and, and things like that and short weeks, and because you're going to try to prepare and recover and all those kind of things. And one of the things that came up was, uh, you know, the the difficulty sometimes of uh, short weeks on Thursdays Why are away. They play at home? Why do they always? I mean, it's one thing to play on a Thursday. But they always play at
1: home. That's your biggest issue, not that they play oh, at home. Oh, yeah, that's,
2: that's, that's the but single issue.
1: You, so they have an advantage over every team in the NFC East, correct?
2: Correct. <laughs> would you like to change overtime? Uh, I would, uh, Michael. I would like to change overtime. Um, we, we talked a lot to the, com- the competition committee about changing overtime. Um, there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh personally I don't like the shortened overtime uh in the regular season because I think it gives even more value to the winner of the coin toss. So if you get the ball first uh and you have a seven minute drive or nine minute drive, that's taking up seventy to ninety percent of the time period of, of regular season overtime now. Uh it makes no sense to me. Um someday I hope we can uh get that changed. Um and there the, you know, there's a lot of ways I think Another possibility is uh, try to avoid the coin, the coin toss uh, and have other mechanisms. Uh, one of the things I floated was to uh, uh, the, the team that scores the most touchdowns um, has the advantage uh, of getting the ball first. Mm-hmm. Often it'll be a tie, but those times when you score more touchdowns, reward that. You know, just you you want to avoid a a coin toss as best you can. I think.
1: You like a half, year and a half ago. Carson, as you mentioned, was possibly the end of the yes. But since then, he had to come back from knee surgery, now have back injury, and then there was questions raised about his personality and whether he was a selfish teammate. How do you, how do you view him in terms of his personality and how you oh. tend to re- rebound from those struggles?
2: Yeah, I mean, Carson is, as I said before, uh, when you write it up, it's exactly how you hope. Uh, I think we all love very intense, Type A, um, driven quarterbacks, uh, and very talented. And um, he's he's a terrific leader. He's from day one on that team. Every position, every player I've talked to, uh, and and we've all talked to, um, are sort of just uh, impressive young men. Very impressive young man, and that's that's Carson. Very impressive young man. Different personality than Nick that's great, you know, that's great. We, we had the benefit of two outstanding personalities, um, but Carson is, uh, is kind of the way you draw it up. The
1: player, the we'll the play, the player tracking data that was uh, made av- available, how valuable um, did you find that as an organization, and also would yeah. you like to see that data be released to kind of the, the public sphere as well?
2: Great question, Shield. I, I We make terrific use of it. I told you a few years ago I thought it was a very important aspect Um, we, we use it as best we can, which is, uh, a lot. Um, I would like to see almost all data, um, in the public, to the public, to the fans. And I think that's where we're headed. Um, it's, you know, as we head towards more legalized gambling, towards more online betting, whatever it's going to be, there's going to be. Uh, increased utilization of data for the casual fan and for the avid fan. And um, I, I'm all for uh, releasing as much data as possible. Not medical data. That's, that's a whole other, other question. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the more informed we can all be and understand strategies through data, uh, player evaluations through data, it's a tool. That's all it is is a tool, but it's a very, very valuable tool.
0: I really should forfeit my question for jumping the gun there. So, no, no, no. no. Uh, those traits you talked about with Carson, type a, and all were yeah, painted in a negative light by one story or the other. Did yeah. you have any conversations with him? Or, I don't think Doug said he
1: didn't even bring it up to
2: him. No, not at Well, not at all. But I, he's the wonderful thing about Carson, he's humble, he's smart, he's got a feel for um, uh, every type of person in the building. He's as nice to the janitor as he is to uh, his left tackle, You know, he's just one of these guys that's, again, getting back to high integrity, genuine guy uh, and a regular guy. And, uh, um, you know, you just uh, you hope if you finally find if you find a a very talented quarterback that he has those characteristics and uh, uh, we're lucky to have that. So that
1: was Jeffrey Lurie's piece. After the break, we'll have Doug Peterson part two from the NFL annual meeting here on Bleeding Green Nation.
3: I think it's I think it's league wide in college football. You know, it's a lot of spread offenses. Uh, you know, I, I you know some offenses are going to run a lot of two tight end sets, and so I, I look at that because we have two tight ends. Um, more offenses are going to be in uh, eleven personnel, so we'll take a look at some of that. <clears throat> obviously, in college, their their formations can be a little different than ours. You know, tackles are uncovered and all that kind of stuff, but um, which we can, we can't do obviously. But um, you know. Play design, the agit plays. You know, uh, RPO game. Those are all things we look at as we study these these college kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got uh, to, to <clears throat> you gotta find creative ways to to motivate. I think you got to find creative ways to utilize your time in the spring so it doesn't get mundane and monotonous. We're doing the same thing over and over. And so there's gonna be there's gonna be a couple changes. Not not major things, but some things with the schedule. We're gonna do it a little bit differently. What? Um, just we're gonna. am gonna try to flip, especially in, in, in phase, really in phase three. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to implement like offense in the weight room first, defense will meet, and then they'll flip, you know, and, and, and do some things creative that way, and then we all kind of come together for special teams, and then hit our walkthroughs and practice and all this kind of stuff, and you know, I wanna, I wanna, I'm, I'm exploring right now, uh, some ways to really maximize our OTA practices, those 10 practices we get, and really do dive into more situational. I started two years ago with that. We got, I think, a little better last year, but I wanna really dive into a lot of the situational stuff in OTAs and prepare our players for uh, those opportunities in game. So those are all things I'm looking at moving forward. Well, I mean, you know, look, we drafted Carson for a reason. Talented, gonna be our starter. You know, uh, face of the franchise, franchise quarterback, all of that, um, and obviously we wanted depth at the position, so we went out. We had Chase Daniel the first year, and then we had Nick the last two years, two veteran quarterbacks, and then we've added Nate. Um, and then, listen, you, you get to a point where, at some level, at some, what Nick has done has has given Nick an opportunity to be a starter, and and. Me personally, I didn't want to hold him back from that. I, I, I feel I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for Nick. You know, an opportunity to go play and, and run a run a franchise and run an organization because we've got so much confidence in Carson, and that's 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 the battle. You know, that's the struggle because we've got a great quarterback in Carson, and and but yet we understand and appreciate what Nick has done for our for our team, for our organization, for me personally, and then and then it gives him an opportunity to secure his family for you know financially for the rest of their lives and. And, and go play so for me it was it, those are tough decisions but at the same time um I'm excited for, for both quarterbacks moving forward
1: do you worry about Carson being able to handle that kind of pressure that's, you that's know what? An immense amount
3: of pressure. I go back to when I was in Green Bay and and when I had a chance to go in and now I'm not Brett Favre but I couldn't be Brett Favre Brett Favre Brett Favre Doug Peterson's Doug Peterson Carson wins card Carson Carson's fine Carson, just go play. Carson, just just lead our football team. Do the things he's done, um, and I don't worry about that. Because if we start thinking that way, we start thinking about the end result and not the process. Then, then we're, we've lost our mind. You think he thought that way last year? Who? Carson. Do you think that pressure, that that burden, was on him last year? I think you'd have to ask him that, because um, he was having a really good year, you know, uh, before the injury, and. Um, I think that's a question that, that only he can answer. I love the way he works in the in the building early. He's, pre- he's prepared, you know, the way he studies. I um, love the way he practices, not, not only when he's, when he's in the drill, but off to the side when he's working with guys. I um, just love the way he leads our football team, you know, and, and, and he's just got to continue to do that and, and just be, be Carson, let his personality show like everybody else, and, and he'll be fine. Well, I, I go back to my days again at Green Bay. We had we were blessed with really good tight ends, you know, in Green Bay, and um, a lot of the so-called, I mean, West Coast offense, you know, uh, was designed around tight ends and, and having having guys that were athletic and, and uh, great matchups. And, you know, we feel like, you know, obviously with Zach Rourke right now. I mean, he, he's, he's a he's a Pro Bowl caliber guy. He's uh, you know he's a leader of our football team. He's, he's dynamic on the football field. Um, and then we added Dallas last year, and, and, and so it, it just, I love having those big body guys that are right in front of the quarterback from a passing standpoint, you know, guys that can get open, athletic, um, just kind of make, sometimes make sure as a, as a quarterback's friend, tight ends can be that. I tell you, I, I love the way Zach works. He's constant. He, he's a pro's pro, he's constantly working on his craft, and, and that, that's what I love about Zach, and that's what makes him special. Well, first of all, I think everybody can be a better teammate i can be a better coach um, to the team um you know i think being a better teammate would just be you know being maybe a little more uh sometimes being a little more vulnerable you know being a little more accessible um you know you're obviously committed to your craft and developing your skill but you know it's it's like you want to you want to walk across the aisle and and talk to you know talk to the other side and 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 that's all part of a of a maturation process and a growth process and you know it's something that you learn through time and I watched it with some of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever played with I saw it through Dan Marino I saw it through Brett Favre but guys that you know for them to become better teammates they they embrace the entire team and and, and take on that take on that personality and then, and then people follow it Carson's got that he's got that in him he's got it in his DNA and that's what we're excited about. You've been around sure. him and you've been obviously in this situation he's gotten married uh, he's been injured. He's come back. It's been a, I'm sure a humbling experience. He's, You know, he's maturing as a young man Are you seeing that? I am I am and, and, and again, you know, he's coming into his fourth season and you know, he and I are tied We're married together, too, and and um, You know a part of and part of my job is just to help Help all the all the players on the team become better teammates and that's that's part of my job so uh, I'm looking forward to this season working with him again and and uh you know getting this thing going yeah you know we we've seen it and you know obviously seen it kind of kind of both scenarios um it is harder when you're when you're not with your guys like he was a year ago because he was rehabbing and he's not he's not out there so it's like it's hard um but but the more the more now he interjects himself with the team and that that's what when I was talking with Sal right there I mean that's that's what you see, you know, and, and it, it it's it is difficult. It is difficult because you wanna be out there with your guys and you wanna be competing with your guys. And when you're not, it's hard. When we you know talk he... to him when you talked to him after that article came out, was he annoyed, angry, hurt, I and mean, emotional You was know what, he... I d di- I didn't even I didn't even acknowledge it. I didn't even I didn't I didn't have to. I thought he addressed it well, um, but I didn't feel the need to talk to him. What kind of player are
1: the Patriots getting be...
3: You know, I'm excited for Michael because one it gives him a chance to, to play, you know, and, and, and really be a starter. With that, that's what he wants he wanted to do. Um, they're getting a they're getting a great person as well. I mean he's a good teammate. Um, he's obviously a dynamic on the football field. He's got a lot of a lot of gas left in the tank. Uh be exciting to watch him. What did he bring to your line? his,
0: his, you his might
3: was, was, there, was there some frustration there on his part where he wanted to play more? No, I mean, you know, he, he, he's a, listen, he, his whole career he's been a starter. And, and when he came to us, the expectation, and we're always open and honest, we rotate a lot of guys up front on the D-line. And, and um, you know, he was inside, he was outside. And, of course, you know, we obviously added Malik Jackson to, to take some of that pressure off of him always coming inside. And now this gives him an opportunity to play. Doug, your, the defense and the young secondary seem to really
1: come along at the end of last season in the playoffs. Uh, given that you have a lot of young guys on, on rookie contracts, why did you make the decision to bring Ronald Darby back um,
3: and keep him in that mix? Well, again, we, Ronald was having a great season. Uh, having a great season last year prior to the injury, um, he's a guy that gives us. I mean, he's a, he's a really good corner, and he gives us depth uh, at that spot. And uh, you know. I was excited. I'm excited that he wanted to come back and, and, and sign with us. Even though it's a one-year deal, I'm, I'm excited to, to have him back and look forward to getting him out there when he's ready. And you know, it really solidifies you know, that corner position. What the money for the initial quarterback spot? Earlier, you mentioned Lavonte and LeBlanc. I think that's something we'll look at this spring. I know, I know, Jim and Corey. You know, we're gonna gonna look at that. And, and uh, you know, we felt really good what, what Craven had done. You know, towards the end of the year as he came on. I mean, you know, he, he he's tough and physical in there. But Sydney's another guy that obviously can be in that mix. Um, so we'll, we'll explore that this spring. And Mike that's linebacker, the top guy going this spring? I don't have that answer. No, no reason I say that is we don't have, you know, from the standpoint of a roster, we haven't really put all those pieces together yet. So we're, we're we're looking to continue to add, obviously, add value, add depth in that spot, and then we'll sort that out as we go. No, I mean those are all things that we, we look at, but you know these guys can still play, and and uh, uh, yeah, do you, do you want to add youth? Yeah, you, you definitely have to add youth, and that's what the, the draft and and is for. And then of course the, the the, the developmental type of players that we have on our roster now, so um, there is a balance there. But you know the guys we brought onto our team <coughs> that uh, uh, might be a little bit older, they can still play, and we can get we can get a lot of we can get a lot of reps out of them. And and uh, you know Deshaun hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, uh, and that's that's good for us. The
2: last one, more on
0: Bennett, if I could. He's a, he's a big personality. How did his personality mesh with your locker room?
3: great i mean really good um you know he he was a guy that he he loved to have fun you know um and and you know what i allow i allow our players to have that sort of freedom you know that freedom of speech and sort of express themselves that way i think it's i think it can be healthy for your team and uh he, he did a nice job of that and you know one of the things that i was proud of with him all right, thanks, guys. All right.